Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're talking about the healing properties of golden imperial topaz, a crystal for shining your inner light. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Vance, and Vance asks an amazingly interesting question and one that I am super excited to talk about. So Vance says, I've heard of creating crystal grids for plants, but I'm curious to know if there's any information on using a plant to replace the center stone in the grid. Do plants hold compatible energies that can be enhanced or channeled when used in a grid? Vance, I love this question. I adore this question. I'm so excited about it. So here's my answer. Yes, you can 100% use a crystal as the center of the crystal grid, but let's talk about this a little bit. So when we create a traditional grid, we put a crystal in the center and we call that the central stone or according to the very popular method of crystal grid creation that was widely shared by Elaine Smith, who is now passed away, um, who actually learned it from Stacy Collier, who is, I believe, maybe the head of the metaphysical department of Enter the Earth Crystals. It's also called an anchor stone. So the idea with that central stone is it kind of sets the intention or the theme for the whole grid. It's like the most overarching part of the intention. So for example, say you wanted to create a crystal grid to help support you while you were writing a new book. Um, she says from personal experience. (laughs) Um, Something like creativity might be your main theme, your main central focus. So your center stone you would choose based on that overarching intention. So you'd choose a crystal for creativity, maybe something like carnelian. But then because you really wanted this to help you with writing a, a new book, You may want to choose some supporting crystals, which are the ones that go around the outside. That would help you with communication, something like blue lace agate or sodalite. And maybe you also would want to choose some crystals for mental clarity to help you get your thoughts in order. Something like rainbow fluorite, golden tiger's eye, or clear quartz. So that would be kind of the traditional method of crystal grid creation, of course, with lots of other steps along the way. I do have a blog post and a previous podcast episode on that topic if you'd like to go back and check it out. So to get back to Vance's question, what about if we use a plant to replace the center stone of the grid? Does that plant then hold that energy and does it work along with the crystals in the grid? In my experience, Absolutely yes. So when I was reading your question, Vance, I was thinking that you meant like a living plant, like I was picturing a house plant, a potted plant, something like that. 
And I've never actually used a living plant for this purpose. I've just used small dishes of herbs. So if I want to bring the energy of a specific herb into my grid, I may sprinkle some on the grid, but I have used dishes of them in the center of the grid. Now, my suggestion would be to get really creative here. And if you have a small dish that you can put a little pinch of a specific herb into the dish, it creates almost like a little nest, like a little cozy bed where you can put a crystal still in that dish and have the crystal and the herb in the center. I've also done this with tree leaves, placing a pressed and dried tree leaf or sometimes a fresh one, although they get pretty curly pretty quickly as they start to dry out, beneath the central stone. So I like to kind of add both, but you could also just use the plant energy in lieu of the crystal. When I do this, I do like to have that center stone and I typically use quartz here to amplify the energy of that specific plant medicine, whether it's an herb, a flower, a tree leaf, anything like that. And I suppose you could do this with a living plant as well. If you had, you know, a small potted rosemary or something like that, you could absolutely use that as the central energy for your grid. But just like with your crystals, where you're choosing appropriate crystals based on their energetic correspondences, you want to choose the plants that you're incorporating into your grid very mindfully as well, thinking about their energies, their correspondences, and what they bring to the grid overall, and make sure that it's compatible with both the intention that you've set for the grid as well as with the other crystals that you're using. And I honestly think this is such a magical practice. I like to add other elements into almost all of my crystal grids really, other than just crystals. The ones with just crystals look really beautiful. They photograph well for Instagram and that kind of thing. But a lot of the grids that I create for myself and my personal practice are a little bit on the messy side <laughs> because they have other things added. So maybe that's some dried herbs or flowers. I'll often use fresh flowers or dried pressed flowers in my grids. It could be photographs, other little objects I've found in nature, like seashells or special stones or even little twigs, or special symbols or sigils or pieces of artwork or images that I'm choosing to incorporate as well. So Vance, I love that you asked this question. I would encourage you to absolutely go for it, experiment. And I also want to say thank you because you really have me thinking about the potential and possibility of using living plants in my grid as well, which I hadn't really considered. I've used fresh plants, like fresh bits of herb, like rosemary or lavender or calendula from my garden, um, but I haven't used like a living potted plant. And I bet that would really kind of change the dynamic of the energy a bit. So thank you for inspiring me with your question. Now remember, if you have a question you'd like for me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. Discover how you can deepen your spiritual journey and follow your soul calling with crystals. The Love and Light School's award-winning crystal healing certification program opens soon. Go to crystalhealerschool.com. Well, now it's time to dive into our main topic for today, the healing properties of golden imperial 
topaz. Imperial topaz is a soft yellow gold crystal, most commonly from Brazil, that is sometimes heated to enhance its color. Rarely, it can also appear a bit of a peachy pink color. I have one piece of imperial topaz that I absolutely adore that's kind of in this like peachy melon tone of color, and it is probably my favorite out of all my topaz. As you know, when it comes to these healing properties episodes, I always like to start things off with an affirmation that you can use along with your crystal. Here's what came through for Imperial Topaz. I'm connected to the knowledge of my ancestors and I open my mind to new ideas and ways of being. So let's dig into Imperial Topaz. What are its healing properties? It's great for bringing universal light, universal energy into the energy body or the aura, which is really rejuvenating and recharging and just helpful for kind of replenishing your energy when you're feeling a little run down or not quite like yourself. This crystal is also fantastic for self-reflection and has been used to enhance meditation. It's great for facilitating spiritual exploration as well as exploration of our physical world. It's a stone that encourages world travel and the understanding of other cultures. And I think this has to do a lot with the fact that it is the November birthstone. It's deeply connected with the sign of Sagittarius, which is ruled by the planet Jupiter. And this naturally kind of encourages this desire for learning and wisdom and travel. Imperial Topaz also promotes clear and direct communication. It helps you speak your mind and say things in a way that's just direct and to the point, not much beating around the bush. It's also great for instilling hope and optimism. It really is a cheerful little crystal and it aids in forgiveness either of yourself or of others. Imperial Topaz, for this reason, is amazing at enhancing compassion because forgiveness and compassion really can go hand in hand. Finally, as I mentioned earlier, it's excellent for encouraging open-mindedness as well as for facilitating ancestral connection, whether those ancestors are known or unknown. Imperial Topaz comes in a range of colors from a soft yellow gold to a deep amber to orange or yellow orange. And as I mentioned at the beginning, it can be heat treated to enhance its color. And commonly in jewelry, what we see are heat treated stones. Further, there's other topaz on the market that looks similar to the imperial topaz, but it's usually just sold as like yellow topaz or golden topaz. And that material can be artificially irradiated. And according to ajsgem.com, they say that this material, the artificially irradiated topaz, is notorious for fading and that the color is not stable. So it actually fades over time which means that, you know, deep amber, orange, yellow topaz might fade to something very pale. But again, we typically only see this in jewelry. Now, I mentioned earlier that imperial topaz has a connection with the zodiac sign of Sagittarius, but it's also connected with Scorpio because of its kind of more mystical undertones. It corresponds to the elements of fire and earth. Its companion flower is the yellow iris, a great companion essential oil is myrrh, 
And an excellent companion stone is praseolite, which is kind of a green version of amethyst. And similar to topaz, praseolite can also be heated or irradiated to change or enhance its color. Imperial topaz is most commonly found in Brazil, but topaz is found in lots of different places across the globe. And golden topaz has a pretty old history of use by humans. It was prized for its connection with the sun, and it's known as one of the gemstones for Sunday, one of the Sunday gemstones, both because of its color and because this stone was traditionally valued for lifting curses. So it was thought to be somewhat of a holy stone, therefore it was connected with the holy day of Sunday. Its oldest known use is for protection and was used to turn away the evil eye. And it seems like ever since then, it's been associated with just about anything related to the physical healing of the eyes. And again, this is kind of a historical context. In modern day crystal healing, we don't use crystals this way. But historically, there's a very strong connection between topaz and healing the eyes. Hildegard von Bingen went so far as to claim that a piece of topaz that was taken into a dark chapel would give off so much light that you could read a prayer book by it. I mean, that's quite a claim. She also recommended a crystal elixir of sorts for eye ailments, and it was created by soaking topaz in wine and then applying that to the eyelids and then taking any leftover wine and using it as an eye wash for the next few days. Again, not how we'd use crystals as modern-day crystal workers, but interesting to note nonetheless. Historically, topaz was also said to have another sort of odd power. It was said that when topaz was placed in anything poisonous, it would become invisible. Very interesting, but definitely don't try this in home. In the modern day, people still see topaz, though, as a stone of light that can surround us with a golden spiritual glow. This sunny crystal is also known to be useful for spiritual growth and development. And as far as a good way to work with topaz, it's an excellent stone to wear in jewelry. It can help boost your mood and your energy levels because it's just so sunny and inspirational and filled with warmth and light. Do you feel intuitively called to work more deeply with your stones? To grow your confidence, knowledge, and connection to crystal energy beyond what you can learn on your own? Our award-winning Crystal Healing Certification Program will take you from crystal lover to a confident, certified crystal healer and help you discover your soul's path and crystal purpose. Go to crystalhealerschool.com to learn more. Well, that is it for our main topic for today, but you know what that means. It's now time for our trending this week segment. Each week, I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing and spirituality right now, or something that I'm just really loving that I want to share. This week, I want to talk about an amazing company called Beam Paints. That's B like banana, E like egg, A like apple, M like mango, paints. And if you've been following along with me on Instagram, you know that one of my most important self-care activities and just things that I do for myself is 
my artwork. And this is something that I've really tried to incorporate into my spiritual practice in journaling, collage, painting, really anything. And I love finding beautiful art supplies and was thrilled when I came across beam paints. So beam paints are indigenous handmade paint that is vegan and eco-friendly. You can check them out at beampaints.com. I love everything that they are doing so much, not just the quality of the paint itself, but also their deep care and concern for the environment as a company from the way that they create and package their paints, which is done with sustainable lumber, to the effort that they've gone through to become a carbon neutral business. I think my personal favorites are the cedar forest colors, but they also have some really beautiful wooden palettes and handmade ceramic palettes. Honestly, everything is gorgeous. Everything is so well done. So whether or not you're a painter, I definitely don't consider myself a painter, but I enjoy painting. If you'd like to check out some amazing, amazing painting supplies, head over to beampaints.com. Well, that is it for today's show. I hope you found a lot of value today and learned something new. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And as always, I just want to say this is not a paid advertisement, nothing like that. I don't do those on this show. This is genuinely just something that I've enjoyed a business that I really admire and appreciate that I want to share with all of you. If you enjoyed listening to the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and a review at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And I do just want to put out a big request. If you like listening to the show, if you have listened to a few episodes and you've never left a review yet, I would be so, so grateful if you could take just a couple minutes of your time to leave a five-star rating and a review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. It helps other people learn about the show. It helps us get found And most importantly, it helps me share about crystals with more new people. So if you'd like to help me out, you can also subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode by heading over to loveandlightschool.com slash listen, where you can check out my most popular episodes, most recent episodes, and all the different platforms this podcast streams online. And while you're there, feel free to send that link over to a crystal-loving friend of yours. That'd be really great. And I thank you in advance. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you next time. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at loveandlightschool. The content provided on or through our website or podcast makes no claims for specific or general health or health results and should not be used to examine, diagnose, or treat any medical condition prescribe medications, 
make claims for specific or general healing or health results or as a substitute for traditional medical treatment. For medical advice, you should consult a licensed healthcare specialist. For more information, please refer to the terms of use on our website at loveandlightschool.com.